I've always been fascinated by how photographers make a path through their career, how they end up where they are today. For example, if you start out shooting for an auction house like Butterfield and Butterfield, where one day you might shoot a famous automobile from a TV series, the next day, an outfit worn by a famous singer, and you might even get a chance to photograph those famous red slippers. How does that translate to being a celebrity portrait artist and a live music photographer? I don't know, but apparently it works really, really well. Today's guest is Dustin Jack, and we'll be discussing one of his celebrity portraits of the famous drummer of Motley Crue fame, Tommy Lee, on this episode of Behind the Shot. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Shot, where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a close look behind one of their shots. And my name is Steve Brazel. I'm your host. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Before I move on with our guest today, I did want to remind you that every episode has a blog post on thisweekinphoto.com where you can go find out more about the guests that I have on the show. You can see a gallery of some of their photos and some of the other type of work that they do. And by the way, while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast. That way you are always up to date. You can subscribe in iTunes. You can subscribe in the Google Play Store or through your favorite podcast app. But make sure you're always up to date and get in the latest one. So our guest today is something different from what I've done on previous episodes. When you start talking about portraits, there's a number of different types of portraits, you know, the, your traditional Mona Lisa type lighting and, and there's environmental portraits. But portraits in and of themselves, as we all recognize, there's a big difference between portraits and those portraits like Joe McNally takes, for example, that just make you pay attention. Well, when you throw celebrity into the mix, it changes everything. It increases the stress level. Uh, usually you have a very short amount of time to do the shot in. And when you can take a celebrity portrait and make it something like we're going to be talking about today, you got some skill. I'd like to welcome my guest. It's Dustin Jack. Dustin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Steve. How's it going today? It's going really, really good. I'm really glad I finally got to have you on because you're somebody I've known for a while and you're actually known for a different type of photography than we're gonna do today. You're known partially for your concert photography and your sequence shots, but I find your portraiture to be absolutely captivating. The type of, of, of effects that you get out of, out of a portrait, which, which brings me to my first question for you. When you meet somebody brand new, Photoshop world, whatever it is, and they walk up to you and say, oh, you're a photographer, what do you shoot? What's your answer? Because you shoot a lot of different things. It is. I mean, I, I guess my, you know, my, my real day job is a studio photographer, but I would probably say uh, music or a rock and roll photographer. So that leaves it a little open. So your, your main focus is live music. But with some of the artists that you, you photograph when they're performing live, you do some of their promo stuff and their portraits and marketing pictures and, and things like that. You're also a graphic designer. Um, and the way you kind of got started in LA is intriguing to me because you were in, in, in LA only a couple of days and you ended up working for an auction house named Butterfield and Butterfield. Now give somebody an idea of what you would photograph day to day at Butterfield and Butterfield. Yeah. I mean, talk about an amazing opportunity. When I first started there, uh, I was their darkroom tech. So I was in the darkroom for the first couple of years and then graduated into being one of the, the uh, staff photographers. And any day you could come in and, and shoot a Rembrandt, uh, an Elvis Presley jumpsuit, 
the Sanford and Son truck and then have to go on location and shoot somebody's estate. So, I mean, it could be anything. And even the ruby slippers from The Wizard of Oz. I have actually photographed the ruby slippers. You didn't touch them, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems I mean, to me that type of stuff's amazing because also ruby slippers are going to you know reflect light differently than an Elvis jumpsuit. So by the time you leave Butterfield and Butterfield after a number of years, you're pretty much a lighting expert, um, which which brings you into what you do now. Explain what your job is currently, your main uh, your main day job. My, my day, I work for a company called Fritted Americana, and it's a vintage and very rare, pristine versions of vintage guitars. So I I handle the day-to-day inventory photos, uh, corporate identity, logos, I design, you know, advertising, anything with their name on it pretty much runs through me. That see, and so literally everything having to do with these guitars, t-shirts, banners, posters, but you're not just a photographer. You do some video stuff too. So for example, uh, for, I think it's also for Fretted Americana, you did a show with Phil X. Tell me about about that. Right, well, and funny enough, I, I met Phil X uh, in 1999, we were both working on Tommy Lee's first solo record, Methods of Mayhem, and we've been, you know, close friends ever since then. But yeah, we, uh, I decided to have him host basically a vintage guitar show on YouTube. And very rarely do you get to go into like Guitar Center and get to play some of the very valuable, amazing guitars. And even if you do get to see them, you rarely get to hear a real player play them. So the the thought process was, Hey, let's have a guy come in here and just play the hell out of these guitars and, you know, sell the experience to the audience more than trying to sell the guitars. Well, and and some of the stuff you've done with Phil X, you've had like 40 million views on YouTube on these shows. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It it turned into a monster on us. I mean, to the point where Phil just replaced Richie Sambora in Bon Jovi for the right. I mean, Bon Jovi guitarist, you're dealing with directing and editing videos for him. So you've got some chops behind you and you've worked in that industry, either in video or photography or whatever it is, with a number of different people, Daughtry, uh, Kiss, Motley Crue, Lita Ford, the list goes on and on. Zach Wilde, Black Label Society, of course, Tommy Lee Solo, DJ Ashba, who was with Guns N' Roses, is now 6 a.m., Nikki Six. I mean, the list goes on and on 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 the um, uh, the celebrities that you've worked with. You've been published in stuff like Rolling Stone and drummer and guitarist and vintage guitar magazines. You've got the the cred behind you. Right. Which then brings us to the shot that we're going to talk about. So when we talk about celebrity portraits. It's kind of a kind of a niche area of portraiture, right? I mean, a lot of people do portraits, but when you're dealing with celebrities, it's a little bit different from a stress and a time point of view. So the shot that I'm going to bring up here is is one that um, I, I, I don't know how to to even describe it other than to just actually you know bring it up and show it. Um, it is of Tommy Lee, the famous drummer for Motley Crue. And tell me a little bit about the shot. Well, first and foremost, it wasn't supposed to be a portrait session. Uh, Tommy asked me if I would do some photos for him and his partner. They were doing a, uh, uh, Tommy, if you don't know, is a, is a DJ as well. So he has uh, a partner, DJ Arrow, that he goes out with and they do gigs. And, you know, they needed some, uh, some new promotional material. They needed some advertising photos and stuff that they could send out to venues. And uh, that was basic, the basic premise behind the photo shoot. 
so, you know, when we get in the studio, I, I shoot them individually and then I shoot them together, you know. So as, as, as you know, a, a team, as it were, and individually, obviously this is three separate photos. There's actually three Tommies here. And the title of this, I can't say because I have a clean rating, but uh, the title of this is See No Evil, Hear No Evil, and Peace, and a few other Tommy Lee style words. Um, you know, fill in the blank, as it were. But you can kind of <laughs> see at the picture on the left is the see no evil. The one in the middle is hear no evil. And the one on the right is peace. And what I love about this, there's a lot of things and a lot of questions I have. I love about this shot. But his expressions, this guy is so good in front of a camera. But you and I both know the big difference in a group in, in a good portrait and a fantastic portrait is what the photographer gets out of their subject, right? It's not just smile. And it's also, even if somebody's really good in front of a camera, how many times have we seen celebrities phone it in in front of a camera? There's a rapport between you and Tommy Lee that I can see in the how comfortable he was in this shot. Am I correct? I, I mean, I think that's key. You know, I've known him for a lot of years now and, and I, I'm you know lucky enough to be able to call him my friend. So when we do something like this, you know, we we're we're talking, you know, I'm behind the camera, we're talking about maybe, you know, something we did together. I'm trying to provoke him, you know, to to have reactions to certain things. And for the most part, we're having a good time. And I think that is a, a, a huge element to put your client at ease, even if it's, you know, if it's somebody that just hires you or if it's a celebrity, if they're not comfortable with you personally and have a rapport with you, it's going to show in your photos. Well, and the other thing is, is celebrities, usually when they come in, I, I have not shot a lot of celebrities in, in a portrait in, in, you know, situation. I've shot them on meet and greets at concerts and stuff. But, but when a lot of celebrities come in, they're in a hurry. They've got, you know, three minutes and you've got to shoot them and they've got to be on their way. Um, sometimes you'll have an hour in a studio, but again, they've done this a million times. They're not going to sit there while you play around and figure out your lighting, right? I mean, they want to walk in, have it done and be on their way. So how long did right. you have for this session with Tommy? Uh, well, initially, I mean, the, the plan was to do a composite shoot. So I spent the first part of the day shooting backgrounds with Tommy. And then we uh, ended up in his studio at his house to do the portrait session. And that's where Arrow met us and we kind of got together. So I ended up working in a very small space in his studio with not a very tall ceiling, you know, probably standard eight feet uh, ceiling. So there's not a lot of headspace and room and wiggle room to work there. So you're in his home to shoot this. Right. And the, you said that it was intended to be a composite. I mean, that was kind of the pre-visualization was you were doing a composite, yeah, but it sure. wasn't a composite of three Tommies. It was going to be a composite of the DJ and Tommy. Right. So you end up putting this together. Did Tommy know you were going to do this? So this is three separate shots from that session. No, this came out much, uh, probably a month after I finished the job for them. You know, we, we ended up, I ended up using individual shots of both of the artists and did the composite. I think I sent you, it's probably below, that you can see how we use the background. And then I, I used individual shots and, you know, put it all together. And then during the editing process, I noticed these three shots. And for some reason, and it's always a weird thing. It's always in a, like a dream or somewhere. It comes from some crazy place. And it just kind of popped into my head that that might work together. 
And, and, it, and it does. There's no question about it. So you're a Nikon shooter. You yes. walk into Tommy's house to shoot this, this portrait session. What body were you using? I, I believe it was a 700 or 750. I'm okay, so a 700 exactly series Nikon. Right. Uh, lens, do you know what lens you used? This was 24 to 70, probably around 60 millimeters, which is, you know, uh, I would prefer to have shot it with a 70 to 200, probably around 200, but we just didn't have the space in the studio to do it like that. So the room was that small? It, it's a decent sized room, but once you put in, you have your lighting gear and you, I have a, a gray seamless in there. And you, it just gets tight fast. And I think okay. I, I actually think there was a drum set behind me. If well, I, see, if and, I, and you just mentioned a gray seamless. Yeah, yeah. And that gets kind of tricky because you put a gray seamless and you've got lighting. How far did you keep him? You know, this is the, the portrait shooting session. I want some people to learn some things. So you've got your seamless back there. How far is he in this shot in front of the seamless? Uh, six feet. Okay, yeah, so that's that's not too bad. And then I have a you're, pretty good sweep on it. You're in front of him, and the the EXIF data on this I looked up, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was one one sixtieth of a second, ISO two hundred, and then of course a lot of people with portraits, it's f eight, so that you've got the depth of field that you need for this. Right. But being as how you did not envision sandwiching these three pictures, compositing these three pictures together, this was kind of an afterthought. They go together so well. I mean, it's almost like you had the, the see no evil, hear no evil piece in your head. They, <laughs> they just work together so well. When you're working with Tommy Lee like this in this outfit, this to me is kind of going back to the auction house, the Butterfield and Butterfield thing, where there are so many elements in this shot, the sunglasses, the shiny jacket, the leather tie, um, that could be a lighting nightmare. So I'm looking at the one, let's take the one piece on, on the right. Sure. It's clear there's a softbox because I can see it in his glasses. So I know, and, and it's straight on him, almost like an on-camera flash. But he's got light on the sides of his arms and hair, and his cheeks are perfectly defined with lighting. So this is more than one light. This is a, a three-light setup, I think. I had... Uh... I had some strip banks, 45 degrees on both sides of him with, uh, 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 drawing a blank. Um, and then, uh, probably a 60 inch softbox right in front of me. And so where are you in conjunction to the 60 inch softbox? Uh, it's literally, it was probably straight on him. And then I'm crowbarred and my lens is probably touching the side of the softbox. So, I mean, it's pretty, pretty center. So you're shooting from the angle of the softbox, basically. And, and the softbox is straight on him or it's, it's up at like a 20 degree, degree, degree angle above his head? It was as high as I could get it in the room. So it was probably touching the ceiling. So it was probably cut off probably around his waist. I had grids on the 45s, by the way. That's, that's what I was trying to think of. Okay, to, to, to focus it. So right. I'm curious how you got the lighting to not have specular highlights because there's there's bright spots on the jacket. I mean, there are highlights like there normally would be. You'd see that, but I, they're not they're not blown. How did you do that and not blow them out? Uh, again, you know, I use the, the backlights mostly as my main light. And you have to imagine there's not three people standing right there. So there's a little bit more wiggle room with the lights coming in. So I could light him pretty dramatically and then take the front light and basically fill in the difference. So 
I use basically a fill is flash or flash is fill concept when I, when I filled in the front side of the, the image. So it's a key light, but it's less power than the backlights? Right. I mean, it's so just even, a very subtle fill, almost, you know, like you say, fill is flash. I, I think it was probably a one stop difference. So the, the backlights were uh, a stop stronger. And then, I, you know, just kind of splashed the light up front. Okay, so that's perfect because that'll that'll help people learn definitely on on how to do this. When you're dealing with a client like Tommy Lee and you get him in front of the camera and you're trying to coach him, the glasses have text in them. Right. Was that intentional? Uh, it was on my part, uh, and and it's funny. So the the silver suit was the, I think the second setup we did. He changed in for the second time into that suit, and we did a few shots. And then I, I noticed he had his glasses and I said, hey, man, you know, just throw on your glasses for a few. It'll probably look cool. And the mood instantly changed. It, it just came alive. You know, the just shoot, from putting on glasses. It, it was the weird thing. It's like almost like, you know, people go into a masquerade party. Once you put a mask on, you're almost, you know, invisible. Yeah, you've got you've got something to hide behind and be somebody else. Right. Right. And, and I think, you know, for him. You know, he's so bombarded with, you know, photos and, you know, people. I think when he put his glasses on, he was just a little more comfortable and felt a little more free to like to not goof around, but just be a little more animated. See, and and what you said, though, is a great lesson for people. I mean, you've given a number of them. I mean, you know, how you're using the front flash compared to the the back flashes, the power difference, etc. But also, even in the pressure of a 20 minute shoot with a celebrity who's done this a million times and they're not going to stand there and they're not going to wait for you to figure stuff out. You still had the composure in your head to look at him and say, you know, there's glasses there. Let's try those. Yeah. I mean, you kind of use whatever's around you and. You know, some sometimes it could it could be a guitar or or whatever it is. But, yeah, you know, he. He's he's very accommodating, but again, he's done it so many times. It's hard to, you know, come up with something fresh and keep him interested. I'm guessing he liked it because I just noticed it's on the wall behind you and signed. Yeah, no, he 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 definitely thought it was a cool thing. Displayed proudly, as it were. <laughs> Absolutely smart move. I I do have a question for you on your post processing because yep. Dustin Jack has a signature. Um, he has he has a um a vision, uh, 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 a, a song that he sings in his head that's different from anybody else, right? So when I look at your shots, your live shots and your studio portraiture, they all have this, this common voice that is yours. And it's very evident in this shot. There's, there is a, uh, a crispness and a pop off the page, as it were. I'm looking at how silver and almost metallic the jacket looks. And it may have been that way you know, in person, but as you and I both know, capturing that on, for lack of a better word, film, but capturing that in a photo is difficult. The leather tie, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's leather in front of me. I could reach out and touch it. That's a difficult thing to get. And then you go to his face. His face is like you're standing in front of him. It's three dimensional. It's, it's, it's processed, but not processed. It's beautifully done. What is your secret for getting this kind of a uh, textury, realistic 3D look? Uh, I mean, I'm primarily a Lightroom and Photoshop guy, but I am uh, a huge fan of masking. And there's probably 10 or 12 layers just on this image alone. Um, 
he is completely masked out of every one of the three shots and the background I brought back in. So because oh, the background wasn't white. No. It was gray. It was a medium gray. So, I mean, you know, I dig around and I'm, you know, I'm not everybody's flavor. I, I tend to process pretty heavily, which, you know, I understand that it's not everybody's favorite thing. But for me, you know, all those years in Butterfields and being, you know, spending 2000 hours in a dark room, I feel like Photoshop is my dark room. And, you know, I have to, I craft a piece, you know, every, every one piece that you see, you don't see, you know, 500 other ones because it, you know, it takes a long time to actually put them together and, you know, make it, I try to make each piece a piece of art that'll stand on its own versus spitting out, you know, 15 shots from, well, and from that's the voice sheet. that I'm talking about. I mean, you've got you've got a voice. It's clearly you and only you. And when I see a shot like this, so you're cutting them out of a gray background. Are you using quick select and refined mask? Never, never, never. <laughs> I use he a, says strongly, yeah. no way. Quick so what are you, you doing it pixel by pixel like a absolutely. Renee Robin style? Yep. You know, and Re- Renee is probably the best at it. But yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at an image at a thousand percent, and you're basically you know, it's like an exact thousand percent, but it, it's like an exacto knife. You're, you're carving every little tiny detail, you know, and, and if you miss one of them, it blows the whole thing. Well, and that's why you can take the, the hear no evil in the middle and put him on top, his arms on top and have it look so seamless. Now on his face, like where I can see the chiseled face, do you do a lot of dodging and burning too? Uh, back then, see this. This image is a couple of years old. I probably would have processed it a little differently had I if I shot it yesterday. Um, so I, I think I did minimal burning and dodging. There's probably some some amount of Nick software because that was pretty fresh at the time when when I was doing this image. Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, the detail extractor is what you're seeing in the jacket. You know, oh. that really really makes that stand out. But again, okay. those are all on their own layer. But you're not doing detail extractor on the whole image. You you do the detail extractor and then you mask it to the parts that you want. Uh, either that, but never on skin. I never, ever use never. it Never. So you'll mask skin out if you do it then. For sure. And or, so to get this lighting that you've got here where he's soft lit from the front, but nice backlight. How do you set your lights? How do you figure out your lights? Uh, meter, 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 meter. You use an old fashioned light meter. Absolutely. Yeah. See, and I see so many people now, I don't own a light meter and I need one. I see so many people just figure my camera has a meter in it. I'll just use that. But well, the real I way. You don't, I don't always have to, but on a job like this, I, you know, I went in there while he was doing, you know, his wardrobe, I was in setting up lighting and getting ratios and, you know, making sure that once I got them in there, I wasn't going to waste any time. Yeah. Which makes sense because. It came out absolutely fantastically. I mean, this shot is so beautifully done. And again, the fact that they were shot three separate shots, obviously, but without the concept at the time of shoot, right? So you just happen to end up with the side look, the ear look and the piece. And and uh, I don't want to say it was luck. I want to say it was preparation that you know how to get yourself how, how to get enough depth in your shots that you've got what you need to do the amazing sequences and, and compositing type shot that you, that you do. I'm, I'm really glad you came on and shared this, man. It's, it's an amazing photo. There were some gestures that I couldn't use. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. 
I now I got to see those at some point in time. <laughs> the outtakes Dude, are amazing. I appreciate your coming on. If somebody wants to know more about Dustin Jack work and they go, they can go to justinjackphotography.com or um, at Dustin Jack photo on Instagram and Twitter. And definitely my most recent and current stuff is on Instagram. Instagram, it's the photo place nowadays. So, but if they go to dustinjackphotography.com, you've got social links there that they can get to your Facebook and everything, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay. So Dustin Jack photo on Twitter, Instagram, dustinjackphotography.com. He's also on Facebook. You can look him up or use the link on his website, but make sure you go look up more about Dustin Jack because he does some amazing in-studio portraiture and he does some fantastic live photography as well for live music acts. And uh, of course, if you want to see more of his work, you can also just go look at the page on thisweekinphoto.com that is associated with this post. And I'll have a gallery of different shots that he's given me to put up there as well. So again, Dustin, thank you very much. Make sure that you join us uh, next time on Behind the Shot as we try and get inside the mind of a great photographer by taking a closer look behind the shot. Mm -hmm.